All right, welcome back to the show, and Lad's back. Lad, how you doing? I'm doing well, Amen, surviving brother. the summer as I'm usual. I'm doing pretty well. How about yourself? Just again, it's just surviving the summer and all this craziness with the coronavirus. That's right, yeah, just trying all to get right, yourself back busy. We, have, we are covering our first story, and I figured, which one to start, uh, what would be the best one to start with than Flashpoint? Because Lord knows this thing has been adapted like 80 yeah. times. Oh, yeah, definitely a lot of different forms, media and... Uh, yeah, because we have, like, the CW, one. which completely, like, destroyed it. And then, and then Lord knows, <laughs> I, I've already mentioned on this podcast and to you how much I feel about the CW Arrowverse as an originalist. But, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, so, anyway, yeah. so we we had the CW one. Then we had the the movie, the animated movie, which was way more closely aligned with the comics like almost like it was like 95 percent accuracy right there all right, right. So let's let's hop into it so flashpoint so so now so let's t- t- talk a little bit for, for a second so this story was actually meant to serve as kind of a reboot into what would be known as the new 52 which i mentioned is my favorite era so this story is particularly important to me yeah, it's like that's it, right. It, and this is where we kind of get into territory that will be addressed actually in Rebirth later because actually, you know, what? I'm not going to spoil it yet because we're getting the storyline. But so once we so we will get into it now. So 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 we start off. So so Barry Allen. So a couple of things just to make sure that, um, that the listener understands, and if this is just repeat information for a lot of people bear with me but there's always a new comic book person so so the flash barry allen he's the fastest man alive he gets his powers from what's called the speed force and uh he got his powers when he was in his crime lab and uh lightning uh, and apparently a lightning hit him and then like a bunch of chemicals fell on him and he became the flash that's yeah yeah, exactly that's the abridged version of how he got his powers and that's important because all that stuff is going to be addressed in the story. All right, so let's start off. So it's just, it starts off pretty sudden. He's just sleeping. And he wakes up, and, and then uh, his guy, his um, boss, is like, "Hey, Barry, you might want to go uh, to to like um, to, to this location because there's a, a hero versus villain thing going on." So he's like, "Okay, I'll go ch- check that out." So he starts running, but he realizes he doesn't have his powers. It's in this story. In this timeline so, so far no one knows who the flash is the really uh, the only like main the only like mainstream hero if you will is cyborg he's the only one so what he discovers is that the war the war okay the world is in the middle of a massive war between the atlanteans and the amazonians now the atlanteans are led by aquaman and the amazonians are led by wonder woman now to, to provide a little bit of background information about this war, what had originally happened was, so Aquaman and Wonder Woman meet each other, fending off a sea monster, as heroes do. And um, so they're being both medieval-like kingdoms, they decided, hey, let's do an arranged marriage between Aquaman and Wonder Woman to kind of unite our, our houses, if you will. But um, beings under the name of Artemis, who's an Amazon and Ocean Master, who don't like this union orchestrated a scenario in which the Atlanteans would be framed for, for, for killing Wonder Woman's mother 
and then the Atlanteans uh, uh, would also be um, be framed for, for, for destroying Themyscira. So pretty much that they're making it so the sides will hate each other forever. And additionally, Wonder Woman ends up k- killing Mera, Aquaman's wife. So obviously this is going to put him on a path that will lead him to all-out war. So next, it occurs next that so we return to Barry Allen. He figures that if there's one person I can go to, it's Batman. There's got to be a, 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 if I go to Batman, he'll be able to explain everything that's going on. So he goes there. Uh, so he finds. Well, for, first off, let me. To this war, Cyborg is trying to build the Justice League to stop this war between uh, between Wonder Woman and Aquaman because they recognize that this war is going to completely tear apart the Earth. It's going to like completely uh, destroy everything. But of the people that that Cyborg assembles, like he has the Shazam kids now. A difference between these kids and the other DC heroes is that when these kids say Shazam, they all turn into one hero named Captain Thunder. It's not like they all become a version of Shazam. Uh, okay, yeah, I was wondering about that. Yeah. And then, so here's a, a difference between the, um, the movie and the um, and the comic is that in the comic, the Green Lantern, Abin Sir, who was the, the lantern before Hal Jordan, he's alive and a member of this sort of resistance movement. And then you also have the character of Element Woman, who was completely, like, written out of the movie. Her, her powers is that she, she can basically turn into, like, any substance. And she's kind of meant to be, like, a Harley Quinn-like character, even though she, she's not crazy. She just doesn't get to be around people, like, ever. But, so... Mm. The general consensus is if you can get Batman on the team because he's such a great tactician, even in this universe, we're all good. We'll be totally fine. We're on your side. But Batman being Batman decides, nah, I'm good. I'm good. I'm just going to go do whatever I'm going to do. So we turn to Barry Allen. He gets to, to the Batcave and he encounters Batman. Except here's the issue. Batman has no apparently has no memory of who Barry Allen is. Like, he, he's like, who are you? And, he's like, and then uh, Barry Allen's like, Bruce, wait, uh, it's me, it's Barry. And then, the, and then Batman go, says something very interesting. He goes, Bruce is dead. I watched him die. Now, uh, lad, Ooh. who this Batman is? Yes, this is actually Thomas Wayne, Bruce Wayne's mm-hmm. father. Because what originally father. happened... At that, in this timeline, is that in that alleyway, Bruce Wayne was the only one who was shot. Bat- Thomas Wayne became Batman, and the mother of Martha Wayne became uh, the Joker. Like she had a complete mental snap. So from there, w- w- we are introduced to Deathstroke, which um, he's b- basically a mercenary, and he. Um, and uh, he, he he's basically like the Marvel. Uh, the, he, he's the character that Deadpool was parodied off of. So, uh, right. He's he's kind of like the Boba Fett, like a bounty hunter, you know, criminals actually down for money. That is actually somewhere. a fantastic analogy of, of for Star Wars on who this guy is. <laughs> he's exactly like Boba Fett. That's right. All right. So you find so what's interesting is that 
um, to, to tell you about the morality of Deathstroke, he's actually using an Atlantean. Uh, he, he, he like has um, he, he has one of his minions uh, shot this Atlantean to, to use the, the Atlantean's water powers to act as a sonar. So that's how he's able to, to see all the ships below him. So as he's sailing into this uh, to, to Europe, because Europe has been completely devastated by this war. So he, he goes by, he goes, um, he, he passes by, uh, by the, the Eiffel Tower. Then all of a sudden he sees a lot of ships that are like completely destroyed. Then he's like, oh no. And then this submarine emerges. And who should emerge but Aquaman and Ocean Master. And then no one survives. In the movie, they had Lex Luthor also being present in this battle. And you also had, you had Lex Luthor, you had Clayface. And if you've seen Young Justice, you had Aqualad and Tula on the side of the Atlanteans, obviously. So they sort of add and subtract characters when they go from comic to movie and movie to comic. But pr pretty much in terms of plot, we're all good. All right. So returning to Gotham City, hmm. to the Batcave, this is where... Yeah. Um, that's where Barry Allen starts to put it together that, oh my gosh, this is Thomas Wayne. So, Tom, so uh, Thomas Wayne is actually a little, he's being Batman in that he breaks Barry Allen's fingers. Because remember, he doesn't know who this guy is. There was not a flash in this universe. So no one knows who this dude is. So he's like, hey, I'm a, I'm a friend. I'm not here to hurt you. But then Barry Allen starts to have these sort of mental flashes. Now, what these flashes are, what they happen to be is that his his memories are starting to change into this timeline, meaning he's 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 beginning to. It's essentially like when you're playing a video game, then it says Do you want to overwrite your save file. It's pretty much like that. But uh, so then he finds it. So he does, however, have his ring that has his flash uniform in it. He's like, okay, I can prove to you I'm a superhero. So he touches the ring. Then what should emerge? Not his. Doom, but the costume of Earbard Thawne, the Reverse Flash. Now, a little background of Earbard Thawne. He's from the future, like I believe, like the thirty-first century or something like that. It just the point is, he's from really far in the future, and he's a big Flash fanboy, like major fanboy of the Flash, hmm. to the point where he even recreates the exact same accident that the Flash went through, and then becomes the Reverse Flash. The only thing is that he becomes a villain. And then he has the ability to travel through time. And, and it's that realization that Barry's like, okay, so he must have gone back in time and changed something in order to make this timeline as crazy as it is. So their plan is, okay, so we're going to go to Europe. And, and uh, so Barry Allen says, okay, so we're going to try and find Earbard Don and make him reverse the, this whole scenario. Okay, so next. Oh, but you also have what's kind of interesting is that uh, so Barry, uh, so Batman asks uh, Barry Allen, so, so in your world, well, what about my son? And then he's like, oh, yeah, he survived. By the way, he's Batman. And, it's, 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 and, and you can kind of see the father like, oh, no. <laughs> okay. Now we go to, to London, which has actually been rechristened New Themyscira because early in the war, um, it, I, I believe London was really like trashed by the Atlanteans. I mean, not Atlanteans, the Amazons. So you have a certain character that if, you've, if you're familiar with Wonder Woman, you definitely know who this is. It's, it's Colonel Steve Trevor. He's running and he's like, hey, I need backup. I'm, uh, I'm being chased by Amazons. So suddenly, we're met with the appearance of Wonder Woman. 
who has the lasso of truth wrapped around his neck like a noose. So it's like, oh boy. If you've seen that scene, the Flashpoint movie, it's exactly how it turned down. So he's like, okay, so who are you? And then he has the lasso of truth and all that stuff. So she's like, okay, so I'm Colonel Steve Trevor. I'm here to, it's to, to extract Lois Lane. And Lois Lane is the reporter. She's a member of the resistance against you guys. And he adds something very interesting. He says that she's also the most beautiful woman I've ever met. Uh, do you have any thoughts on the story so far? Uh, it's, it was really uh, interesting. Like a lot of shocking things that like, you know, everyone else was, you know, we're really in like the place of the flash here. We don't really know what's going on. He's confused. We're confused. And just a lot of like surprises, you know, like one woman yeah, it's, it, and it, 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 Steve Trevor. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it is interesting to see uh, how, how things have like subtly changed. It's like Wonder Woman's with Lois Lane instead of, uh, I mean, Lois Lane is with Steve Trevor instead of w- with Superman and all that stuff. And, and also we're wondering, where is Superman? So... Came back to the story. As we continue, it turns out that there is a spy among cyborgs. Little okay, so we're just gonna call him the the, the uh, Justice League for ease's sake. But so, so, so there's a spy for Wonder Woman among the, the Justice League, and she, she says, "Okay, so yeah, so cyborg is amassing a massive ar- a army of superheroes to fight us." So um, and then. So, uh, and then Wonder Woman proceeds to kill Steve Trevor. And once again, this all, all these heroes that we know and love are more, much more brutal at this point. So their whole no killing rule is out the window. All right. So going on. So one of the first things that, that Barry Allen and Batman decide they have to do is get the Flash's powers back. So Barry Allen... The, the only part, this is an, an interesting p- part of my story. So what I'm wondering is, um, is um, how did Barry Allen get, get all, all of the exact chemicals that he, uh, that gave him his powers when he was struck by lightning all in one place? That's what I'm wondering. Yeah, that's, uh, it seemed to be like very accidental, you know, amount, you know, like he's in the chem lab, you know, he has like all those different flasks of chemicals. Like how do you like, combination a second time you know yeah well there is another answer because he's batman because yes of course yeah, yeah. so the, um he, he basically sit, um so barry on sit down in this chair which actually looks like he's about to be um executed by um by the electric chair so they sit down, so, so Barry sits down and basically extends a lightning rod in the middle of rainy, thundery Gotham, and the lightning hits, but it kind of goes awry. And by that, I mean the first time it doesn't work, and Barry Allen is actually third-degree burned over 75% of his body. So obviously something went wrong. Oof. Yeah, maybe you can't just strike lightning at yourself and get yeah, flash who, powers that easily. Who would have thought it's not that easy? Yeah, it's not that easy. <laughs> All right. So yeah, next, we, would have tried that uh, we move on to Cyborg in Detroit. And um, so he, he's uh, he's in the middle of basically a FaceTime call with the President of the United States. And, and the President's like, okay, so now the military is going to take over because you don't have a, have a, a Justice League to fight this war. And all other me- measures have failed, so now the, um, we're just going to send in troops. We all know that always turns out well. 
So next, so we have, uh, so, so we return to Barry Allen and, uh, and Thomas Wayne being a doctor tells him, Hey, listen, um, you have 70, you have burns, third degree burns over 75% of your body. So you're kind of not doing so well. Then Barry Allen has another one of those seizures where, where he, he sees his new life because another key component here is that Barry Allen's mother is alive. Now that's important. That's going to be very important to, to the story later on because a part of what inspired the flash to go into criminology is that his mother was murdered. So he, he was trying to find his mother's real murder. Even his father was framed for the, for the death. So Barry Allen's like, okay, so we're going to do this again, which I know sounds crazy after third degree burns over his body. This time it works. This time it works, and he saves uh, Thomas huh. Wayne from falling onto onto those little spikes. You know how, like with fences, they have those little spikes for no reason besides decoration. Yeah, yeah he saves Thomas Wayne from landing on those because that would not turn out well. So next, so we return to Themyscira, to New Themyscira, and when we're now introduced to Lois Lane, the intrepid reporter from the Daily Planet turned freedom fighter, and she's running. She's like, hey. Uh, they're about to launch an attack. This is the final battle of the war. I think I might die. So just get, get this information out. But, but then she's saved by, uh, by the character of Etrigan, which if you don't know who that is, he was a knight of, of King Arthur's court who was bounded to, to, to the demon Etrigan. And uh, it's kind of, kind of like the Hulk in that it's one being, uh, it's that, um, the, the human Jason Blood can turn into Etrigan, except it's more of a willingly scenario, like all he has to do is say a special phrase, and then he turns into Etrigan. And by the way, everything Etrigan says is a rhyme. Mm. So then, uh, so it turns out, Lois Lane has finally found the resistance. Now, it's important to, to understand here is that, the, the, that there's this weird character named Grifter, and, there was like, and you may be wondering, well, well who's Grifter? Well, here's an, an important... So, also, so under DC, there are multiple different like labels that, that, that you have. You have the superhero one, you have Vertigo, which is more of the whole little um, magic era thing, like Constantine and Zatanna and the Justice League Dark. That's kind of uh, that, that's the Vertigo thing. Then you also have Wildstorm, which was established by, um, by DC Comics artist Jim Lee. I've already mentioned how much I love that guy's work. And it's basically... It's basically like superheroes, but, but they exist in the real world. Like they're in like New York and Chicago instead of like Gotham and Metropolis and all that. So, and, and, and Grifter is from that universe. So, so, so I guess they're kind of starting to bleed into each other. So Barry Allen heals because once again, being the Flash, one of the things that gives him, you know, one of the powers that he seems to possess is the ability to heal like really fast from anything. So Thomas right. Wayne hands him the suit and says, hey, man, you need a super suit. And uh, I can't get I don't think you want one of mine. So what Barry Allen does is he takes the <laughs> earbud thon suit that he had, the, the yellow flash suit. And by some flash magic, he changes it to a red suit. I don't know how he does it. It's just just science because science. <laughs> because, yeah. yeah. So then Makes he goes sense. into a big deep dive and trying to find other his other friends because well obviously he can't count on Aquaman and Wonder Woman he already has Batman so he's like hey where's Superman because everyone's wondering where is the Man of Steel this great hero that everyone hears about well first off you have Hal Jordan who's not not Green Lantern in in this universe I already mentioned about how Abin Sur 
um, is the great Green Lantern. And remember, the way that worked out is that Abinster crash landed on Earth. He told his ring, find someone who's worthy of becoming a Green Lantern. The ring goes out, finds hotshot test pilot Hal Jordan and says, hey, Hal Jordan, you have the ability, you have the ability to overcome great fear. Welcome to the Green Lantern Corps. And then it just uh, brings him in. And then he's the new Green Lantern of Sector 2814, I think. So I go, OK, so so where is uh, Superman? So and then this is kind of where the movie kind of diverged because it showed Barry Allen was kind of having a dream where he saw. So what, ha what happened to Superman in this universe is that the rocket that 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 um, that was supposed to crash land in Smallville, Smallville, Kansas, crash land in the middle of Metropolis and basically leveled like up significantly. Because it, 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 when you think about it, all, all the science and physics and all that stuff but it's of course it's going to cause a lot of damage so the government told everyone oh it was just a meteor but then batman's like yeah i know who we can go to so they go to cyborg and say hey man i need you to hack into the government now if you do this for us <laughs> i'll join you, you, your little rebellion against aquaman and wonder woman I'll, I'll be your tactician just you just have to hack into the united states government no biggie no big deal yeah <laughs> so so what happens is that they get under, uh, they actually go underneath Metropolis and go under, underground, and they find, and they actually do, they find the uh, the secret door that leads them to these different passages. And an interesting thing I want to bring everyone's attention to is that, as that cyborg shows them this little um, little observation area where they see other things that were found in Superman's pod, and one of them is the bones of a of a dog and this leads us to imagine oh crypto got killed in the crash which is unfortunate because yeah. crypto is awesome so now when they finally find Rip. superman first off he's under a a a red a red sun radiation which we all know that's how you take superman's powers away because his powers are derived from earth's yellow sun and Superman is super like gaunt and like really, really, really weak because once again, he's never been in the sun. He's been underground the entire time with the United States government. Mm -hmm. so, so, so they escape and Superman, uh, again, he, he sees the sun for the first time. He starts to fly. He exhibits heat vision to like take care of the guards that were chasing them. So, but, but what eventually happens is that a Superman actually just runs. He just takes off and runs, leaves everyone there. It's, it's like, thanks a lot, bro. Thanks a lot, bro. Classic Superman. In this universe or any universe, Superman is predictable. Yeah. So what we have is, so <laughs> then we move to, and then we're reintroduced to the Shazam kids. And they're talking about how the last time, but by the way, Shazam in this universe is named Captain Thunder. So... They're like, okay, so last time we fought against Wonder Woman, it did not end so well. And if you look at Captain Thunder, a picture of him, he has like slash marks across his face. So you can only imagine what one day did to him. So then, so now, uh, if you remember before, I said the government is launching like this massive military attack against, uh, against uh, Aquaman and the, and the Amazons. And among them, is Hal Jordan. He's just a normal test pilot, because remember, he, he never became a, uh, a Green Lantern. Another thing that's interesting is that the missile, that, that, um, all, all the bombs that, that he's carrying, they're called Green Arrows. 
Because remember, there's, there's also no Green Arrow in this in this universe. Right. So next, so we return to Batman and Barry Allen, and and they're fighting back against the government troops that are that are um, attacking them. So, but, but then they're saved by Element Woman, who turns herself into this big slab of concrete to block all the bullets. And like, uh, and then they're like, "Oh, hey!" So, so she, she joins. And then again, Barry Allen has another one of those seizures where he, where the where the memories are starting to be overwritten. So this kind of establishes that they're under a timetable because once again, if Barry Allen can't remember the way things were, he can't go back and change it. So then, uh, so then we go to the Shazam kids again, and and then uh, Billy Batson is like, okay, so so we're actually going to go fight, because if we don't fight, they're going to destroy the world. Then there's not going to be anything left, no pizza, no nothing, and then that's apparently what gets everyone up to go fight because <laughs> they're teenage kids. Why not? Right. And then who should knock? Uh, right. uh, well, the uh, knock is kind of a generous word. Who should break down their door? But Batman, Cyborg, Flash, and Element Woman. And then everyone's like, "Okay, Batman's in our in our in our place right now." So next, uh, uh, so what's interesting is that is that uh, Billy Batson put, puts his hands on like Flash's forehead to kind of see if he can like magic his way out of this because apparently. The Shazam kids had encountered a condition like this, so they said, "Okay, so we can like maybe help w- work out his memories." And then, as soon as he touches Flash's forehead, B- Billy Batson is given a vision of Shazam in, in like the main D- DC universe that we all know and love. So then the TV comes on and says, "Okay, the, remember that that uh, massive military airstrike that we launched? Oh yeah, that failed. Everyone's dead, including Hal Jordan. So Hal's dead." This is where the movie kind of diverges because originally it was so Abin Sur crash lands and dies. His ship is retrofitted by the United States government in order to launch a kamikaze attack against the uh, the Atlanteans. And then it, it does fail and Hal joins the pilot. So Hal, Hal still dies, but um, he dies in kind of a kamikaze attack and not like everyone's wiped out. Once again, um, this is where uh, everyone's like, okay, so we have to go to to, to Europe. We definitely have to go to to Europe and stop this. And then again, Batman's like not really sure if he wants to go again. But then the Flash says one thing that changes his mind. He goes to to Thomas Wayne Batman and goes, Bruce would have come help. And then immediately Batman just turns around and goes, okay, we're, we're going. Yep. Yeah, we're going on a European vacation, vacation. tour. This is going to be vacation. awesome. Jail. Right. So next. So we uh, now we're in the Batwing. It's going all the way to New Themyscira, which remember is London. So then they're having communications with the rest of the team, which is the, the rest of the team is like a lot of magic wielders, including Enchantress. If you saw Suicide Squad, you know who that is. Anyway. Uh, the, the magic people are yep. like, okay, so we may not be able to come and uh, help you out there. But Enchantress is like, no, I'll come. So, so she teleports into the Batwing. She's like, okay, I'm going to come and help you out. So then you you go into the... It's, so so eh. then we get to the actual war. And you see Aquaman and Wonder Woman, they're fighting. And this is where Aquaman basically tells Wonder Woman, hey, you killed my wife. And then Wonder Woman goes, she was trying to assassinate me, Arthur. I was protecting myself. And, and then well, th- th- this is basically the same dialogue from the movie. 
So, so then you have, so then all of a sudden they hear the words Shazam and who should emerge, but Captain Thunder and the Justice League. Remember, it's not our Justice League, it's the Flashpoint Justice League. So then Captain Thunder just makes a beeline right toward Wonder Woman because remember, he's like, okay, she's mine. Their whole idea is, okay, we have to get them to stop. We have to get them to stop this war so that they don't blow up everyone. But then Enchantress actually um, reverses the the enchantment that turns the Shazam kids into Shazam. Turns out she's been working with Wonder Woman the entire time. She's that spy. And then Wonder Woman proceeds to kill Billy Batson. So once again... Now that one is now that one of the kids is killed, they can't form Shazam. So basically, Captain Thunder's dead. And then now we finally have the appearance of Earbarthon in all of his yellow glory, the Reverse Flash. And th- this is where the Flash, but basically launches into this massive uh, fight with Earbarthon at hyperspeed, and then. Then finally, we get the we get the shocking reveal of the timeline. Lads, you want to tell the audience about uh, about uh, what happened? Uh, yes. Uh, so Flash this entire time has been blaming uh, Eobard. He's thinking it's all this guy's fault, you know, Yellow Man. But as it turns out, Flash is the one responsible for Amen. all the chaos. So. Do you want to tell him exactly what, what Flash did? Uh, let me leave it to you, just in, just in case uh, I get confused. The Basically, what Flash did one. is he went back in time and saved his mother from being murdered. Now, you may ask, okay, that seems like a, a, a little, little event that may not be linked to, like, Superman landing, Wonder Woman and Aquaman going to a war. But as Earbud Thon explains, and he explained this in the movie too, that that one change, you see, time is very, very de- um, delicate to the point where that one change sent r- ripples throughout the time stream and altered things, altered things to uh, just a little bit to create this, this Flashpoint universe, if you will. So now, as it turns out, it's the Flash's fault that the world's going to die. Which it's it's like um during the Flashpoint CW thing, if you saw like all the memes that were saying Barry, what did you do this time? Every time he goes back in time and changes uh, and changes things, yeah, that's pretty much what it is. He really annoys us. So then you have uh, Barry Allen and Eobard Don continue to fight, but Barry Allen is being like pummeled by the Flash, but. Wait, so Irvarthon stands out in the middle of the, of the battlefield to gloat. Then all of a sudden, he's run through by with a sword by Batman. And I love this. Batman's like a doctor's advice. When you're in the middle of a war, don't stand still. And then, So basically, Batman just killed Irvarthon. Now, the way he killed Irvarthon is different in the, in the movie. In, in the comic, he just ran him through with a sword. In the movie, he shot him in the head. Because remember, in a difference between the Flashpoint Batman in the movie and the one in the comic is that in the movie he has two guns strapped to his hip. So that's that's the main difference here. That that's where you get the whole idea of Batman having guns, which is interesting. Because remember, 
Batman, the, the mainstream Bruce Wayne Batman, has sworn off the use of guns. Which and this kind of shows how this differs from the main DC universe. So next, so then finally, we are met with the arrival of the Resistance and, and, and Grifter and all the and all the people that we mentioned beforehand. And then, so it's a battle, and uh, Batman is pretty much blasted by Enchantress. So he's kind of he's gonna die soon. So it looks like all hope is lost. It looks like okay, that this whole battle is gonna turn against uh, the heroes. All of a sudden, who should emerge with a big S on his chest is but the Man of Steel, and he basically pummels uh, Aquaman and Wonder Woman and says, "No more fighting, no more fighting, please." Then once again. Flash has another one of those seizures saying, hey, man, hurry this up. The whole universe is going to is going to change. So then uh, so then Aquaman uh, tr tr trick. So basically what happens is and this is where it's it's a little different to uh, than the movie, because in the movie. So um, Aquaman had captured Captain Adam, which uh, the, the guy. He, so the th thing about Captain Adam is that he's basically his whole b body is made of energy. The suit is just so he can uh, contain the energy and like do his normal stuff. If you breach the suit, he explodes with the force of a nuclear bomb. If, like, like if you read the Injustice comics, that's what happened. So what happened is so in the movie, they use Captain Adam as basically a bomb. In the comics, Aquaman just um, pre his assault on New Themyscira planted charges. Be, uh, beneath the surface of the basically island in order to, to basically sink it. So who's going to sink New Themyscira? This is where you get Thomas Wayne telling, telling um, Barry Allen, hey, run. And then he gives Barry Allen a note for Bruce. It's, that'll be revisited later. He goes, hey, Barry, run, Barry, run. And then Barry runs back in time. Uh, well, uh, that's when he runs back in time. He runs to, to go see his mother and tell her, hey, uh, I kind of messed up and this is all my fault. I'm going to go back and change it. And, and, and they basically have this heartfelt. Uh, uh, and so Barry Allen is actually finally able to, to say goodbye to his mother, which is it's really touching. So he goes back and he does manage to reverse it, except here's the thing. Here's where I was talking about this. So, and, and this would be addressed later on in, in like DC Rebirth and, and particularly Doomsday Clock. So, what, ha what happened also is that also in, in DC Universe, there's this there are these beings called the Watchmen, which are basically this really darker version of the Justice League in a world that rejects them as superheroes. And there's this one being called Dr. Manhattan, who basically can do anything, like anything. So what happens at the end of that story is Dr. Manhattan just basically leaves his universe. And, and he, where does he go? I don't know. But the point is that so Barry Allen went back in time and stopped himself from killing his mother. I mean, not from killing his mother, from saving his mother. That would be awkward. Now, you might say, okay, he stopped his, m his mother from being saved. That should reverse everything and put it back to normal. Now, the thing is, is that Dr. Manhattan kind of changed the, changed the universe during the, the change back to the normal DC timeline. And, and tweak things a little bit. And, th and this is where you get the new 52 universe. So as of now, we are in the new 52 universe. And then, uh, so, so now Barry Allen wakes up again, exactly in the same spot he was when he woke up in, in the beginning of the story. And he's like, oh, yeah, I'm the Flash now. Okay, everything's good. And he goes to the Batcave. 
and basically tells the whole story to Bruce Wayne. And Bruce Wayne's like, okay, so let me get this straight. You reverse your mother's murder and cause the world to explode. Okay, just to make sure on the right path here. But then the last thing he he does is he gives um he gives Batman the, the um the note from his father, and and, and basically the father saying good, goodbye to Bruce Wayne, saying I'm proud of you and all that stuff, all, all that fatherly stuff. And you see, it, it affects Batman because we never see Batman cry, we never see Batman unable to stand up because remember he's normally a stoic character. He's normally full on like he's Batman, like nothing can affect Batman. And then, and, and then the last note is that he says, "You're one hell of a, um, of a messenger, Barry," and that and that kind of ends it. So that's Flashpoint. That, that's the main Flashpoint series. There was like a lot of tie-ins, but the the ones that I particularly paid attention to are the, are the ones that dealt with Wonder Woman because the Wonder Woman tie-ins dealt with the the origins of the war that that basically started between her and Aquaman. Basically, it's how that war got started. I haven't read any of the other ones, but they, they look good. I'm, I plan on checking those out, particularly the Batman ones. So, so that's Flashpoint, lad. What do you think? Uh, it definitely was a really interesting story, like a very unique take on all the characters, kind of like a almost like an Elseworlds, like where everything's kind of strange and different, but there's that connection back to the original, you know, classic DC universe. And it, it really has lasting effects on the entire, like, DC timeline, like, in terms of comics and in, uh, shows yeah. and stuff and movies that have come out since, I believe, 2012 is when... 2011, uh, I believe, because 2012 is around the time that the new 52 started. Got it. Yeah, yeah. We've seen lasting effects from all this, like you mentioned with Dr. Manhattan later on and the whole new 52, which was like a modernization, you know, reboot of the entire series, you know, they kind of led into this. So this was definitely a very instrumental yeah, yeah. story. It's honestly, it is one of my favorite DC stories because also when you think about it, it, it it's a flash story, but it could easily also be a story for any of the, of the other characters. Cause once again, at the time with the tie-ins, there's like so many di different characters that, that you could make this eccentric story. You, you can even make it a wonder woman Aquaman story and just say, okay, that's it. Because really, the whole war that almost blew up the earth was because of them. Which, mm. uh, going back to that, I do think that's kind of interesting how even in alternate e universes, the, uh, the Atlanteans and Amazonians still don't trust anyone not from their kin. And I'm like, oh, well, that much hasn't changed. <laughs> All right, so let's see what else I got planned. So. So we did that. So, so that's the impact of the of the story. It basically rebooted the the universe into the the new fifty two, which, okay. So let's uh, to talk a little bit about the era uh, now that we're at this point. So, the new fifty two yeah. is is the era that I got in, into comics in. So, the uh, obvious naturally would be the one that I feel more akin to. One of the things it served to do is to sort of de-age the heroes, like it made them significantly younger. Like I mentioned in the Superman and like, I believe an earlier episode, I think you're on this one with me, lad, where I said they're basically like our age, lad. So, so, so it's right, like it, yeah. it made them a little bit more relatable, which I definitely like because once again, you see Superman, he's more headstrong and young. He's kind of coming in. He's still in the for formation phase of becoming Superman. 
and, and you see like Wonder Woman is still new to man's world. She's not really sure what to expect. What's interesting though is that is that Barry is that Barry Allen seems to have uh, is is um, the, the memory. Uh, I'm not sure if this was addressed in New Fifty Two Flash stories or like in anything uh, post Flashpoint uh, before DC's the button, but. It seems like the Flash uh, never mentions um, the Flashpoint universe or the pre-New 52 world ever. Oh, yeah, I was wondering about that. He just, what, he like... I don't know, because he definitely talks about it in the button. Because remember, he would, I I mentioned about in how, basically the button is, it's basically the sort of prequel tease of the Watchmen universe. And then that's where Barry Allen actually returns to the to the Flashpoint world, and we have this meeting of, of Batman, of Bruce Wayne Batman and Thomas Wayne Batman. So he, he basically re- returns there, and then the, um, he, he remembers everything about, about Flashpoint that, at that, in, in that story. So I'm wondering, I, I'm actually going to, when I end this episode, look up to see, did Barry Allen ever really mention Flashpoint? Because I never, I never recall him hearing, um, mentioning it. Even... You know, what's interesting is that even in the movies that, that followed Flashpoint, like Justice League War and all that stuff, never mentioned it. Hmm, maybe like the memory set in kind of and he like lost his memories of it in the timeline. Well, here's the thing, too. Is that Barry, uh, an interesting point that I forgot to mention uh, when we're wrapping up the story is that Barry Allen also has memories of his Flashpoint life. In, in other words, he has the, he has the really? memories of the life he could have had. So he he has both now, and he he says, okay, so I remember everything, but I'm like, but you never mention it to to an extent to to, to an extent because I know in a, in a couple of other stories, primarily in Rebirth is where he mentions it. I think that's because in Rebirth, they were building toward that Doomsday Clock like scenario, so of course they, right. they had to do a lot of stuff of, of of getting the universe oriented toward Doomsday Clock and the Watching Universe, right. All right, so, so, so let me ask you this, lad. What is one of your favorite moments of the storyline? Mm-hmm. Favorite moments? I think, like, I think, like, a shocking moment was, like, uh, seeing, like, you know, Flash's ring and then, like, you know, seeing the yellow suit come out yeah. of that instead of the, the red suit. Like, I think that's kind of surprising, like, kind of, because you don't know all the answers at that point yet. So, like, you wonder, like, what is this like in like maybe like your first reaction could have been like is flash like reverse flash in this universe yeah. like you don't really know you know and he forgot his memories like you don't really know what's going on with that it's like kind of like whoa that's yeah. like a big shocker you know because the yellow suit is very strikingly yeah evil you know you especially you watch a lot of the cw ubarthon it's a really daunting yeah suit, exactly you know? but personally i have two favorite moments number one is where it's revealed that batman is thomas wayne because i feel like that's really like Oh my gosh, what? And then the second mm-hmm. part is where you find out that Barry Allen is the one who caused this whole timeline shift. Right, right. Yeah, that, that was definitely a really crazy moment where, uh, you know, you hear about all that. Um, in the CW, they kind of like started off, you already knew that that was mm-hmm. what happened, but it's definitely a lot cooler the fact that it was like a mystery, yeah. you know? Uh, well, well, what's interesting also is yeah. that you you also have, have a Batman who who actually tells Barry Allen, "Hey, I would have done the exact same thing if I had your power." So when you think about, it, we would have had Bat Flashpoint. 
backlash point, backlash point. Uh, yeah, no, yeah, I think I think a lot of the heroes would also do the same. You know, fix the tragic backstory. You know, like can we really blame Flash for trying to like do like a good thing? You know. Yeah. Yeah, like I like I think like like any of the other heroes would be all speak guilty. Do something to like I'm sure Superman oh, yeah. would go back in time and try to save Krypton. Yeah. You know, like uh, I think... all you have to do is like flying back, flying circles around it and reverse the spin of the remains of Krypton and it'll go back to normal. Yeah, right? except here's the thing: it wasn't it's not it wasn't that simple for Krypton because what had happened is that Brainiac had taken one uh, 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 he, he had taken Argo City. And then that destabilized the, the entire core of Krypton was destabilized. It wasn't like a bomb went off or anything like that. So it's a little bit, uh, but, uh, but I see what you're saying there. Yeah, any hero probably would have would have done it if they had been placed in that position. Which I believe they did have a storyline where Superman went back in time and tried to fix it, but I, I don't think he, he was able to do it. Oh, obviously he wasn't able to do it. Mm-hmm. All right, so that so who, who do you think was your favorite character? Ooh, favorite character. I mean, Bat- Batman, obviously, Thomas Wayne Batman is, like, a really exceptional one. But I have a feeling that that's one of your favorite ones yeah. also in that area. So I- I'm thinking I might go with Aquaman. Kind of just, like, seeing, like, this version of Aquaman is, like, really mm-hmm. insane. Uh, especially because, like, this is before we had the, you know, new Aquaman, you know, Jason Momoa Aquaman. So we were kind of more accustomed to, like, Derpy Aquaman, you know, yeah, the like, jokey Aquaman, green jokey Aquaman. So this is before like we had like the Aquaman rena- Renaissance, but here we see like this really like warrior, you know, epic version of Aquaman here. So that oh, was yeah. like, a really cool thing. This to is see, a really you know, scary before. Aquaman. Personally, yeah. it's a tie between Batman and Wonder Woman, which I've already me- mentioned about how the Trinity will always be my, my favorite characters. But the reason why for, for, for Batman and Wonder Woman is because I like the idea of seeing that that scenario uh, that that encounter in the alley was going to create a Batman no matter what. And they mm-hmm. even addressed this in Dark Knight's Metal because whenever th- there's a, a world in the multiverse, there's always going to be a Batman. There's always going to be a Superman. There's always going to be a Wonder Woman. There always has to be one of those. Uh, th- th- there always has to be those ca- characters always have to be in that universe. It may not be like... Oh, cool. I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah, it, it may not necessarily be like Barry Allen or something like that, but there has to be a Flash, Wonder Woman, Aquaman. That's the way that universe... That's the way, the way that balance is maintained in the multiverse. Uh, okay, I, was, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. The, uh, we'll definitely be doing a lot of, of deep dive episodes when we get to Dark Knight's Metal. But, um... So let's, let's see. What else can we talk about with Flashpoint? Let's talk about the movie. So... Yeah. Now, once again, so the movie was was again pretty pretty on the nose there, even with dialogue. The only difference is that, uh, the, well, one of the most glaring differences is that, well, for one thing, um, the character of Element Woman was completely cut out, ripped the, her only time only to shine. Th- Never heard of her well, before. Well, she actually returns in the new Fifty Two as a member of the uh, of the Justice League, so she's going to return. Oh, okay. I think she she joins the Justice League and then she joins actually the Doom Patrol later on. So, mm, so they'll nice. she'll be on there. 
I liked. Well, they also have the scene where where uh, so Enchantress is another character that's not in the movie, and and uh, so the way Aqu- uh, the way that the Shazam curse is broken, so uh, so Wonder Woman can kill Billy Batson, is she wraps in the lasso of truth and says, "Hey, h- how do you become Captain Thunder?" And she goes, "It's with a word," and then she makes him say it, and then he ki- and then she kills the kids. But uh, by the way, I also like seeing these these really more brutal characters. It's like really like amazing because you have Aquaman, who again, none of these characters ha- have these shared experiences that, that that they had in like the regular DC universe of being like a- an ambassador for peace with Wonder Woman. It, it kind of shows how one event can cause such a drastic change in these characters. Right, right, yeah, really alternate take on. Everything we see, you know, like, you know, as opposed to, like, say, the super yeah. friends, you know, the truth, justice, and the American way, yeah, yeah. you know, like, they have all these values, but it's like, you see, it's not so inherent, you know, like, not necessarily, you know, just a small change, and maybe they don't, that's not how they grow up, and that's not how, you know, the beliefs that they hold, and how it really changes the entire course of the world, yeah. like, because of yeah, that. Yeah, it's interesting is that when you look at the way the characters are more brutal, like, particularly Wonder Woman and Aquaman, it kind of reminds me uh, of a story that will be told later in the in the Injustice universe. Because if you notice, Wonder Woman is way more brutal in that universe. Like, right, she right, straight yeah, up definitely. runs Harley Quinn through with a sword, and that's because her origin is different. She so she goes to, uh, so in the Injustice universe, she goes through. It's basically it's basically the Wonder Woman movie, except in World War II. And um, and there's no Ares or anything. It's just her f- fighting alongside Steve Trevor in World War II. Then um, she returns to Paradise Island because she needs the lasso of truth. So she can take it with her when she went over. So she returns. Steve Trevor kills an Amazon. And then it turns out Steve Trevor is actually a Nazi agent working against the Allies. And Wonder Woman... Oh, just like Captain America in the uh, Secret Empire story. You know, how, you know how I feel about <laughs> that, brother. So, uh, so anyway... So she she straight up kills Steve Trevor, and then that's part of why she becomes so evil because she she never really had that uh, that loving background as was demonstrated in, in, by the like the mainstream Wonder Woman. Right. Which it, it, it's, again, I like that these sort of alternate takes on heroes where they're like where, where they're basically bad guys because you notice. Yes, Eobard Dawn and the Flash are arguably the villains of the story, but it's also Aquaman and Wonder Woman from pretty much destroying the world. Because remember, Aquaman straight up sinks Europe. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's, it, he—he's not even like uh, like caring about civilian casualties. And and Wonder Woman basically destroys England and just says, "This is the mascara now." Yeah. But uh, so, so, so I also like the idea of Superman not being the world's hero. He was just captured by the government. Oh yeah, Superman kind of just like kind of had took the back burner from for a lot of the story. Uh, yeah, because remember, kind of interesting, kind of like everyone else. It, yeah. uh, I'm sorry, like go, go ahead. No, yeah, I was just saying like it has to it gives everyone else the time to shine as opposed to like super OP man <laughs> flying around. Uh, yeah, exactly. Things. Because if Superman were like at his power level at that point, he, they could have just said, hey, Superman, take care of that situation. The whole war would have ended. It would have been right. really easy to like stop everything. It also shows, remember, 
how much of an effect Superman himself has in the DC universe. Because if you notice, it's, so it, it's well-known knowledge that, that, that he's supposed to be the symbol of hope in the DC universe. And without a Superman, we saw how the world... Yeah, that's out. what S stands for. Yeah, we saw the, the first letter in hope is remember, S. He, yeah, exactly. He basically dictates how the DC universe operates. Because remember, in Injustice... He's the one that turns that world into that whole little dictatorship. He's the one that pushes it in that direction. If there's right. no Superman, there's no one to sort of keep order, if you will, in air quotes. Mm. So I, I found that pretty, I really um, interesting how they have those, how the story pretty much parallels injustice, even though this was done like way before injustice. Right, right. Yeah, so any other th thoughts on uh, Flashpoint? Hmm, let's see. Uh, well, we, we said how the comic book adapt the comic books were really awesome. And then they had like the DC MMU movie, which was like one of the first yeah, ones. Yeah, it, it was the first uh, one in that in continuity that. because after that, when you had the Just League War, Justice League, Throne of Atlantis, and now you have that, that continuity. Right. So that, that really set up, you know, that really started like a whole, you know, I know that you really enjoy the, you know, the, the DC animated movies oh, yeah. that that it's, it started that whole like, you know, empire of movies. You know, we have so many of those movies and they're really good. So that really it really stands the test of time that like it has a huge impact on the rest of uh, all of DC for the last like, you know, eight, nine years or so. And we still see them connecting storylines to it now. You know, it holds up. Yeah, What's plus, this, that's the one place where DC has consistently, no matter what, destroyed Marvel, besides the comics, obviously. But in terms of, like, right. of like actual visual me media, in terms of uh, motion pictures and all that stuff, the animated department has always destroyed Marvel. I mean, because we mentioned you have Justice League, anim Justice Le the Justice League uh, TV series. You have all of, the, of this great animated content. You have the DC AMU. You have, like, War. You have... You have a uh, apocalypse war. You have like so, and and Marvel really hasn't really put out anything really good in the animated department. I mean, they have their TV shows like Avengers Assembled, Earth's Mightiest Heroes, and then like Amazing Spider-Man, but it's not really known for its animated stuff. It's really known for the MCU. Right. Yeah. Marvel has really slacked behind in terms of the animated. Uh, like those TV shows you mentioned were really cool, but those were back more like five six years ago like ever since the mcu has been so big and making you know like the big box office they've been really focusing on it the comics and i believe that you know the tv shows and any animated movies have really suffered from the fact that all the attention is going towards the live action movies yeah and now we really see if the live action movies kind of like what happens after endgame can they really change the way they do things and make it more interesting because it feels like it's starting to get a bit stale at the marvel movies. Yeah, exactly you know so dc's really had a diverse template they have the live action movies but they also have the animated the tv shows on the streaming services on different platforms they're really spread out on hbo max they really diversified when marvel's put all their eggs into one basket with mcu now and let the comics and the tv shows fall to the wayside what happens now that we can't even go to the movie theaters? You know, Black Widow's been uh, pushed back until all the way till November. It's been like a while since we had Endgame and all the rest of them. So you know, it's gonna be really. Interesting. If I were DC, I would be hammering that uh, the, um, those streaming services that they have access to in order to to 
take advantage of the MCU like absence because again, like you said, we can't go to movie theaters. Black Widow is delayed, which I wish it weren't because that's the one MCU movie so far that I'm really excited for. But <laughs> it's yeah. like DC has a significant opportunity, not only in in the uh, not only as it relates to, to like animated, but live action because we mentioned we you have the Snyder cut. You have the positive, you have the Batman series, you have the, the they're making a, a TV series on the on the Gotham City Police Department. You have there's a rumor they they're doing um, they're going to do Ben Affleck's Batman movie on HBO Max. It'll be I, I'm not sure if it'll be it'll probably be in the Snyderverse because they already said basically the the Robert Patterson Batman is going to be the uh, the Batman of another another continuity. Or like another Earth, if you will. So they could be building a multiverse, and they can. Uh, well, he, he, here's another difference between DC and Marvel. DC has the multiverse. Marvel doesn't. They actually abolished it. So. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah. So think about yeah, it. They... DC has way more story opportunities for any of their mediums than Marvel does. Mm. But. That's true. Uh, but once again, if I, I if they had the opportunity to overtake the DC the MCU because again they have Wonder Woman. Uh, what I would, what, what, if I were in charge of DC movies, what I would do is first off, market, market, market that Snyder cut. Make sure you get so many people to see it because remember that's essentially going to be, for, for, for all intents and purposes, that's their Iron Man one. Uh, I, I, I know you can say right. it's Man of Steel, but right now it's their Iron Man one. It's their it's their potential because if that's popular, they will continue that that continuity. And if they can do that, they can really, really, really mark it up. And plus, here's the thing. If they choose to continue with the DC um, EU after the Snyder Cut and keeping the Snyderverse, they don't have, have to worry about the other movies being out of continuity because like Aquaman and like Shazam were super vague in how it related to like the previous movies that you could just throw them in there and say, okay, we're all in continuity. And then after that, mm -hmm. they can start weaving, weaving them back together. Right. Which, once again, uh, I, I, I've said it once, I'm going to say it again. DC has an opportunity here to overtake Marvel in every department. They have that opportunity. Because once again, like you said, Lad, um, the MCU had been, had been building ever since Iron Man 1 to Endgame. Now the end game is gone. Right. They have to to figure out what they're going to build toward in the next ten years. Because if they do, because if, if they're not building to anything, then they're pretty much going to be what DC was before you, you had um, the Snyderverse. Because it'll just be a bunch of loosely related movies. Because let's face right. it, right. they could have exactly. taken Black Panther and Captain Marvel and taken them out of the out of the MCU and just even Spider Man to an extent and just thrown them out and said, okay, we're good. Right, they could have just left those out, and what I'm wondering is how they're gonna how they're gonna handle two of their three most popular character, most like movied characters not being in the movies anymore. Because remember, Captain America's out, and Iron Man is out. And remember, two of the three Marvel uh, Marvel uh, movie characters that really made a lot of movies for in the MCU are um, Captain America and Iron Man. I mean, they're going to do right, Thor yeah. movies, but, well, but but we'll see what they do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's going to be going to be really interesting territory, you know. Seeing like 
seeing where we're going to go in the future between DC and Marvel here, you know, especially if DC plans to adapt some of their better storylines into live action movies, like, you know, there's the rumors of the Flash, uh, Flashpoint yeah. movie, you know, like uh, stuff like that. Or if they adapt some of the other really big storylines into live action movies, they got some really good potential. There's some now, really good stories. Uh, go ahead. You, you, um, you can finish what you're going to say. I was just going to say that uh, Marvel has a tendency to take their storylines like Civil War and the Infinity Gauntlet, and they loosely adapt them into the movies, but they mostly change all the content that's going on in it. DC can really focus on the fact that we're going to adapt this a lot closer to the comics, you know, have some divergence, but we adapt it closer to the comics. I think you could really win over a lot of comic book fans. Yeah. in that department adapt exactly. flashpoint make it really well, close to the original in terms of flashpoint uh, it's not going to be like super close to it. it is gonna serve as a reboot of the of the dceu so they're definitely doing that but i'm not i, I believe they said they're, it's not going to be like uh it's not going to be as close to the comic as the animated movie was but they'll still ha- have stuff but i really hope that the next era of Justice League, of DC movies is going to be the, the, the new 52. Because can you imagine if the Justice League Rebirth movie, which is taking place after Flashpoint, is basically a live-action version of Justice League War? Can you imagine? It's all yeah. that. You have the Superman Wonder Woman thing on full screen. You have the, the new 52 Superman suit, which is, by the way, one of the coolest things ever because it's it's basically um, Tony Stark's armor from Infinity War and that it forms around him. It's not just like a loose suit. But it's like, it, it, can you imagine if we have like a live action dark? You see, that's the thing. Again, <laughs> DC has so many stories they can throw in there. They could do Infinite Earths and have the, can you imagine right. the Anti-Monitor on like a Hollywood bu- a budget, we had them in the CW, and it kind of didn't look that good. CW wasn't no, good enough for you. It's Is never that good it? enough. Can you imagine if, if the <laughs> if they had the budget of like to make uh, to basically uh, of like Infinity War and and the budget Marvel had to make Thanos? Can you imagine what the Anti Monitor would look like? Yeah, yeah, I can imagine it'd be really insane. But <laughs> the Endgame budget was oh, insane. Yeah. Oh, gee. It's one of the most expensive movies ever made. Don't even count marketing, and they basically they had ten years of marketing for that movie. Yeah, no, right, yeah. That is the one thing I will say. The Avengers movies, except for two, were amazing. Avengers two was bad. Avengers three and four were the best of all time. I'll, I'll, I will give Marvel that. I do feel like they could have just taken Civil War and made it another Avengers movie. Right, yeah, and like if you just take out like the original Avengers, which are amazing, and just basically make Civil War, Avengers two, and then have Infinity War and Endgame, it's like the perfect. Like it's been, it was like the yeah, perfect. Yeah, because you know? if you think about it, it wasn't really that essential on Captain America. Really, it was centered on Iron Man. You're right. Yeah, it really was focused more on like Iron Man. It, it's basically Avengers, Civil War, Avengers two point five, mm-hmm. Civil War. Yeah, that's basically but by what speaking it of is. Civil War. Actually, the direction Snyder was going in is that Justice League 2 is basically supposed to be the Injustice universe, kind of. Can you imagine how awesome that would look? Wow. I mean, it's modified slightly because the original plan was at the end of... I'm not sure if they're still going to keep to this plan because remember, Snyder said, oh, there's way more that's going into this movie because it's four hours long. 
but the original plan was mm. that so at the end of 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 the of justice league proper so steppenwolf is supposed to be killed by wonder woman the head rolls and we see that the teaser dark side and the next movie is when the, the justice league actually goes into combat with dark side and then Basically, uh, Darkseid kills Lois Lane and Martha Kent, and then Superman goes crazy, kills Darkseid, and takes over as ruler of Apocalypse. And this is where you get the whole nightmare sequence. And then the whole idea is that Barry Allen goes back in time and tells the people, don't do this! Don't go after Darkseid! Just stay here! <laughs> but the whole idea of... But what's interesting, what I'm interested in, in, in doing, for, we have like eight, um, eight minutes left in the show, but Let's take a second and theorize because we know that what happens to Batman, we know basically what happens to Flash and the cyborg is like malfunctioning. But what I'm wondering is what happens to Aquaman and Wonder Woman when Superman goes crazy and takes over? Personally, I think we have a, a situation like an apocalypse war where Wonder Woman is like taken over and turned into a cyborg. Oh yeah, that's a, that's a pretty interesting theory. That that I could see that you know working. Or maybe she she just um may well I don't think she would side w- with Superman as willingly as she did in, in Injustice. It would have to be like the anti life equation or something like that. Because remember that this Wonder Woman had those positive experiences that the Injustice Wonder Woman was missing. Oh, that's true. And then yeah. personally, I think Superman just straight up kills Aquaman. <laughs> I think. My my theory is that he turns he uses strength and like forces him to wear like the classic Aquaman suit. He's like his jester, his <laughs> jester no, in the classic shaves, orange he suit. He shaves Aquaman and, and like he, he basically makes him the, the, the jokey Aquaman. Yeah, it makes him the jokey Aquaman, like the derpy Aquaman. He's basically the court jester. That would be hilarious, dude. That's, that's that's my head cannon. It's like you never see it though, but it's it's like like made reference or something like that. Yeah. You know? yeah. Like the the court. That'd be so cool. Okay. Oh, oh, by the way, so, so uh, other stories. I think the DCEU could also bring in to bring in more characters. They should bring in Red Hood. Yeah, I think you're right. Red Hood could really work. I mean, they've set it up in the EU. Kind of, well, because the, the Robin that's dead was Dick Grayson. Actually, it wasn't uh, Jason Todd. Oh, what I'm okay, saying is it. that they could definitely do it because, um, I mean, they, they could at least set it up because I don't think Rob, Batman has another Robin in this universe. So it could be that the Batman movie with Ben Affleck is him recruiting Jason Todd and then it ends with him being killed. Okay, okay. So you could set up Red Hood yeah. like that. That'd and then you actually have a Red Hood movie, which is him coming back to life and becoming Red Hood and all that. That and then work. you could have. Let me see. Who who else could could you have that would be a really cool movie? Well, Deathstroke. Deathstroke. Exactly. <laughs> we said it at the same time. <laughs> exactly. You have to have Deathstroke. How about Firestorm? That'd be an interesting movie. That'd be kind of because cool. we've never had a really good Firestorm because we had the CW one. And you already know how we feel about the CW. <laughs> yeah. Well, here's an idea: a Joker movie in this continuity that basically um, br- uh, th- that's how you introduce Batman's Rogues Gallery, where you have like you're introduced to Penguin, the DCEU Bane, you have Deathstroke making an appearance. Right, right. That could that could work. Yeah, there's like a that. lot of different ways that I mean, but- DC can play this. Right, but you have to just make keep it different from Suicide Squad. Like actually have some of the more prominent villains instead. Yeah. Uh, well, actually, I, I learned that in Suicide Squad, it's going to be a different, uh, this one's going to be a reboot 
of the last Suicide Squad movie, and it's going to have a different lineup. So they're probably going with more well-known characters. Uh, okay, that's that's a good move. Yeah, although uh, chances are it's going to have Harley Quinn, and I believe De- Deadshot is definitely going to be in there because you have to have him and Harley in, in the Suicide Squad. The, they're like the Superman Wonder Woman of the Suicide Squad. Right, have to have right. Him in there. They're very. Pro- I believe he said King Shark is going to be in there, so we'll see a live-action King Shark. Um, that'd be really hype. <laughs> but I do know that oh, another thing I'm excited for is that then you have the the Justice League Dark movie, and then then that introduces like all the magic elements, particularly with Zatanna and like Constantine, because hmm. they had a Constantine movie like years ago with Keanu Reeves, but apparently it wasn't comically accurate at all. <laughs> Big surprise, Hollywood's not being accurate in a lot of stuff. But yeah. basically, John Wick. Basically, <laughs> it's Constantine Wick. Oh, Constantine his, Wick. It, Constantine's first name is John, so. <laughs> really? Oh, wow. Okay. Crossover confirmed. There you go. But um, uh, th- that's another thing that's interesting about DC as a p- compared to Marvel because DC is giving us characters that I didn't think we'd get uh, having their own solo movies like Zatanna. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, oh man! And what they really need to do is, in the next Superman movie, they should bring in Brainiac. That'd be really hype. Yeah. That'd be honestly. Really they hype. could do Superman or like Mongol or something like that. Re- bring in like a really big, well-known hero because I feel like Zod wasn't really. I mean, he's well known, but but when you think about Superman villains, you think of Lex Luthor, who was brought in in BBS. You think of like Mongol. And then you think of like uh, Brainiac and, and then Zod. He's kind of like a fourth tier Superman villain, I think at least. Yeah, I think that's fair enough. I mean, let me put it this way. Before the movie, I didn't know who Zod was. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit more, a little less interesting. Yeah, I mean, I like the idea of Superman having to fight against Kryptonians and then him having to kill the last of his race in, in order to adopt his no killing rule. I love how many people were upset at Batman killing first off because it's like, have you not seen The Dark Knight Returns? Huh, yeah, have you I not know, seen, right? He shoots, he, he shots him in the face. That scene where uh, in BBS where Batman is holding the machine gun and the guy goes, hey, I'll burn her. I'll drop the weapon. I'll do it. And then Batman's like, yeah, um, yeah, I believe you. And then he fires. So in the movie, he hit the, um, the, um, the, the fuel tank on the flamethrower right but in the comic he shot the guy in the head Oof. obviously they weren't going to show that in, the, in, in a pg-13 movie right oh watch them make a deathstroke movie and make it kind of like deadpool and that he talks to the audience they probably <laughs> won't do that yeah, like... because it's not re- really his thing but that'd be hilarious though <laughs> yeah well I, I guess they kind of did uh, that with the teen titans go uh, movie they did they kind of made him a bit more like deadpool like you know the slade wilson deathstroke i don't know if you've seen it heard of any of that at all but they I basically made him like deadpool they made deadpool jokes actually in it what they have <laughs> what would be hilarious is if in the deathstroke movie they have deadpool do a cameo yeah that'd, that'd be great yeah <laughs> all right man this has been fun and we've did, done our first story so we got that done and then so Ooh, yeah. so and next in the podcast we will be uh, actually, next in the podcast, we're going to be doing more um, comparing Marvel to DC, and then we'll do a, a um, I believe, like maybe half on the Marvel DC, and then half on on actually talking about the multiverse. 
Ooh, it would have to be half and half because I, I don't feel like we could fill an hour with those two topics. Right, right. It's not like that would work. Yeah. yeah. All right, lad. Th- thanks for hopping on. You're welcome. Yeah, it's been fun. And then uh, we will see you guys in the next episode. All right. We are out. <laughs>